Okay, so um, welcome to Talking EFL with Kyle and Turtz. Uh, this time we are bringing back guest host Tactical Hammer. Thanks for having me again, guys. AKA the greatest athletic director of all time. That's putting a lot of pressure on me. I appreciate it. <laughs> I have. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Turtz, you have it open? Um, yeah, I do. The okay, questions. uh, since we only have TAC for a limited time, we should probably see, uh, we should probably focus on ECFA-related or TAC-related questions. Yeah. Uh, and then the first of that I see would be Wally's, oh wait, no. Well, I mean, yeah, probably Wally. Uh, thoughts on what the future of a balanced run game could be like in the uh, well. Oh wait, oh wait, never mind. Um. So I, I mean, I think we'll wait. We'll wait on like the silly questions until like the right. end when Tax not here. Yeah, I saw those and I was like, oh, we've missed them. I was like, oh, jeez, oh, he's in Tax. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Turtz, you want to start? Alright, so I think EFL pass game has been dominant for a, a ton of years. I don't think that's going to change very much. Like, you're going to have the teams that run more, but I still think passing... Stupid TV. Um, I still think uh, passing will be dominant in the EFL and running. will stay in the ECFA. But, um, just, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, if I, if I can build on that, I think one of the, the issues we face with this sim engine is that I don't think it was necessarily designed to have quarterbacks with 99s or 100s in the main passing attributes. Because if you were playing this, like, let's say a game of Madden, you're never going to have a game of Madden where every quarterback in the league is over 90 overall. And if you did, it probably would break would it would break the game in, in a way that's similar to some level of what we've seen. Um, I think where the running game perhaps doesn't get enough credit is it's much safer from a turnover perspective. Um, just looking at the EFL this season, um, in terms of fumbles, which is what you see when there's a turnover in the running game, uh, the leading teams in the league have six forced fumbles this season whereas the leading teams in the league have 23 interceptions. So if you look at that, you could say a team is, you know, three to four times more likely uh, to turn the ball over in the air versus on the ground. Obviously, that's not exactly correct because there are more plays, but I think that's where the value of the running game currently comes in, is it's a little bit safer, um, which if you're a team with an edge uh, might be appealing to you. Um, and then from a board perspective, we're also looking at, we instituted some, some small caps last year, um, to prevent sort of the 100% passing that we had started to see a little bit. Uh, and I think we're looking at potentially this offseason probably revising that a little bit further. Um, and I, I think we want to set, not to put too specific numbers on it, but we're probably looking to cap it around, on average, 80% um, passing, which I think is what you see from sort of, you know, the Buffalo Bills and the NFL. I think we're probably maybe the most pass-heavy team this year, and they were around 80-20. So I think that's a realistic point to cap it at, and I think that's what we're going to try to work towards without hopefully hamstringing GM's creativity and strategy too much. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, you you got to keep the league idea. somewhat realistic, and that's 
one of the things like I I do think in ECFA you might want to institute a slightly similar thing in run game. Maybe not as hard towards the run game, but like even army passes every once in a while. Yeah, I mean I know or sorry, Church, did you want to jump in? Um no not not I'm good. good. Um, yeah, I, I know there was a lot of uh, a bit of a hue and cry last season when Hades Creek um, debuted. You know, the triple running back, one hundred percent running game. Um, I'm a little bit I less think concerned about that. Like three times all season. Yeah, I'm a little bit less concerned about that only because it required a very specific roster construction, a very specific game plan, and and as we saw, it wasn't by any stretch unbeatable. Um, if teams, you know, game plan for it and, you know, emphasized uh, developing their linebackers, I think it is counterable. Um, obviously, if we saw more teams start to take this approach, we probably would look to do something about it just for the sake of, you know, we don't want people who create a receiver or quarterback to, you know, only get a few chances each season. Um, but so far, it looks like it was mostly a one season anomaly. So unless we start to see that become a much more significant trend, um, I don't anticipate having to take any formal action. Um, at least not given the evidence we've seen so far. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah. I mean, you could al- you could always think uh, maybe like slightly boosting low-end linebackers because you can't boost all linebackers. Otherwise, like the top few linebackers would be godly. But like just ever so slightly boosting like low-end linebackers, just because the ECFA kind of has a shortage of linebackers would be helpful. Yeah, I, I feel think, like I, think better. I think one of the issues in the ECFA is because most players, until they uncap, only have 199 TP to spend, um, there's always going to be a little bit of an imbalance in that offensive players generally have less or fewer attributes to spend that TP on. Um, you know, if you're building a good running back, at least in the college ranks, you're there's a good chance you're only upgrading speed and agility and or strength. Um, maybe a little bit of hands if you want to go more well-rounded, but most 199 builds prioritize speed with either agility or strength. Compare that to a linebacker where you need speed, strength, tackling, intelligence, maybe a little agility, maybe a little hands, um, but you have just as much TP to spend. And so I think that's part of why the running game is so strong is a typical 199 running back is going to be significantly faster and possibly even stronger than a typical 199 TP linebacker. Um, I don't say this is necessarily a problem, but it, it's a team-building dynamic that I think people need to be aware of. Yeah. Um, I feel like a... I don't think a boost would be necessary. I think it's just... I agree with what you said before, just, like, I think, uh, like, emphasizing, not emphasizing, but just, like, prioritizing people to, uh, go linebacker, or, like, not, just, like, tell people, there's a lot of quarterbacks, don't create as a quarterback unless you know you want to be a quarterback, and then... And then, like, linebacker, I feel like it's less of a problem with cornerbacks and all that, but people make way more corners than there are linebackers, it seems like. At least that stay active. 
Yeah, I think that's fair, which surprises me a little bit because I feel like linebackers show up on the stat sheet and the play-by-play so much more often. Um, and yeah, I see Kyle's Kyle's muted right now due to a train, but he wants us to move on. So the last thought I'll add is what I'd love to see is a plug-in. Like, I think they have it in – I think it's VHL. Um, and I should mention this to, to, to E as something to look at. But when you create a player there, it actually shows you how many active players or how many spots there are at forward, defense, and goaltender. Um, so I think that'd be really cool if we could figure out a way to show when someone creates a player, oh, there are, you know, uh, 10 quarterbacks currently active in the league, or, you know, there's a shortage of tight ends. Um, and, and I know it's been suggested before, and I, and I think it's something worth revisiting. If there's a way we can kind of code, or no, I say we, if there's a way E can uh, can code that in so that when someone creates, you know, they can see, oh, there's 15 quarterbacks and there's only 12 teams in the league, probably creating a quarterback isn't the best bet for me. Um, yeah. That being said, I'll just uh, help Kyle out here since he's still on mute. Okay, uh, oh, you're back. Excellent. Wrong train. No worries. Uh, Turrets, you want to ask the next question from Wally then, if we're done talking? All right. Favorite season you've been a part of since joining the league? That's a phenomenal question. Um, there's a few different ones. I mean, there was season four. Um, Three or four, three or four, which was a funny one because I was on the Miami Hurricanes and the AD went inactive and we ended up winning the national championship with only me and one other guy sort of active on the entire team. Uh, And so it was such a weird thing because it was like me celebrating with myself with a team of like otherwise inactive people. Um, after my running back basically put the team on his back and, and won us the championship. So I wouldn't say that was my favorite. It was fun in a weird way. Um, for my favorite, it's probably as much as I love all the success I've had with my players and, and tugboat had some phenomenal seasons. It's probably going to be one of the seasons that I won, uh, the championship as athletic director, just because your level of investment is sort of that extra little bit higher. Um, probably gonna go with the first championship in season 13 just because it had become and this might sound weird to people now but it become a bit of a meme um because i had been in ad for six or seven seasons at that point that oh tax never going to win a championship he's never going to win the big one you know he does okay in the regular season and then always loses in the playoffs so um winning that first one um where he finally beat our hated rival oregon ducks by i'm looking at a score of 49 to 21 and then beat alabama in the championship 31 to 17 um that 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 felt really good and it it turns out that it ushered in um you know three championships in four years it was the the debut of um uh, of rise cornerback riley carswell who was a red shirt who in that game had a forced fumble recovered fumble and an interception and was defensive mvp as a red shirt cornerback which is such a cool story um so yeah i think it's going to be season 13 for me i'm gonna say season 24 and here, here's why, you know, season 23 was great. You know, we went into that with um, lots of expectations. We succeeded. Mm-hmm. And then the event that shall not be named happened. <laughs> uh, but then we go into season 24, you know, it's kind of like a almost rebuilding year. You know, we've got a red shirt freshman quarterback who's like, I love Popopo, but that season he wasn't great. And then, like, a couple of seniors left over from the previous season, along with just, like, a couple other players. 
it was mostly a youthful team. And then we just kind of had a mediocre regular season. Mm-hmm. And then we just kind of went off in the playoffs and with no expectations of really winning the championship, we won it. And that that was the craziest part to me. Yeah, and, and that probably my second choice, to be honest. As great as the season 15 and 16 championships were, the, the season 24 one, both as a redemption arc and just being so incredibly unexpected, um, was a heck of a lot of fun. Um, yeah, Popo po, the MVP of everything. <laughs> um, my favorite was probably season 21. I won a championship with Hades Creek. Uh, I don't have too many other great years to go by, but uh, we won the championship that year. It was just fun to be in, just celebrating. It was just a good season. We were we dominated the whole season. Um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Stabba. Uh, mm, yeah. Doom's player. Yeah, Doom. Uh, like carried us a lot. Like the whole year. Yeah, he had an incredible season that year. Yeah, fourteen and two. Yeah, he was the Heisman uh, winner, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think so. First season, Wally was back. Uh, I know people don't like him very much, but I he is my favorite. I'm sorry. Right, so I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say. I think everyone likes Wally. There was just a little everyone bit of friction. I think with some of the strategic like stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I like Wally. I'm not exactly appreciative of his methods, especially in that final season with Hades Creek and San Francisco. I mean, I'll, I'll always respect the, the we need people like Wally are useful because they show us where the loopholes are, um, and I'll never he's, be upset about that. He's like that guy. He's like that NHL coach or whatever they're called. The NHL. I think he like broke a a ton of random rules that didn't exist. You know, they weren't banned. And it was just, it was some really weird stuff, like instead of sending his goalie out, he'd send his defenseman or something out for a, just a a, uh... Oh, I remember who you're talking about, yeah, a while ago. I forget the name, but yeah, it's a good, that's a good example. Kind of, sort of, I'm gonna do it until they tell me I can't. Um, yeah. Which and then you mentioned her. It's not too many strong seasons. You guys are in the playoffs this season. I think I think you have a chance to like. I'll never. I'm very curious to see how seeds two through four in the Legends Conference uh, shake out. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping we can make it. I don't know. I mean, you're guaranteed a playoff spot. The worst. Yeah, you can yeah. Be I think you're guaranteed. Wait. Yeah. The, By the way, I'm not even. Today. Like because <laughs> you've gone on. like very run heavy. I'm not even sure my running back was playing receiver has gotten a single catch all season for Anchorage. Really? Yeah. Um no, he Anchorage, hasn't. Anchorage is averaging 36.4 passing yards per game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you do it works. We run, we want we we run and we win. Yeah, no, you're you got a winning right. You're the worst you could the worst you can be this season is eight and eight, so you're in you're in a good yeah. spot. Um but anyway, I think we're getting away from the, the questions a yeah. little bit here. Yeah. Uh by the way, Tech, how how has it been in uh 
Calgary in the VHL. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, Ricer's done a really good job building a building a fun team there. I've uh, I've had a good time. Um, and then next we have Hank's question: Who will win the championship in ten seasons? ECFA. Anchorage. And also hacks <laughs> till the AD in ten seasons. That. Oh God, he's gonna get all the win records, and like no one's ever gonna be able. To I, was gonna say, I already those. have all the all the records. Let's be real. Uh, no, um, ten seasons. I mean, given that the longest possible college career is four seasons, I you you know flip a coin, throw a dart at a dartboard. There's no way to. That's way too far out. To I mean, anything. the the best bet is probably you, just because you've been consistently great for so long, and you're also the only AD with over. What six seasons, seven seasons of experience? Yeah, I guess if I, if I had to, if I had to bet on it, I'd bet on me. But I honestly think it's you know it's pretty ten seasons out is pretty much random at this point. Uh, ten seasons out, we could have other teams too. Yeah, it's it's, it's a long way. Out. If he ends at four, three or four seasons from now, I might be able to offer a little more uh, thoughts on it. But ten seasons is just it's you can't predict that. Old prediction: Ten seasons, Sacramento will win the championship. I think they got a one in twelve chance at worst. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And then, nah, going Grand Rapids Growlers. Also, I would say one in twelve chance, roughly. <laughs> um, let's see. Hmm. Let's see. Which ECFA GM or GM? I'm going to say ADs just because I think, yeah, that's what he's talking about. Should be worried about being replaced. Uh, we're, you know, oh, we scrolled. I don't we skipped think a few. really okay. that many people. I don't think they've ever, I don't think anyone's ever been fired if they're active and want to stay the AD of the team. We've, how much do I want to say here? Um, I, I, they're like, I wouldn't think so. There's probably Generally someone no. that like was toxic or something, but if we were ever gonna fire someone, it would either be obviously or uh, you I cut out for a second didn't there. Hear whatever you said sorry. What? Yeah, sorry guys, I've been having issues with my mic for, for several months now. Let me know if I cut out again. Um, just a, like a few seconds, it was fine. Okay. Yeah, it's it would take a lot for for us to fire someone who wasn't just completely inactive. I think yeah, if they were obviously being toxic um, or or offensive or you know like doing something that we don't want reflecting on the league in a, in a major way, Leading obviously we can look at that. Like in terms of in terms of team success, I, I'm very in the in the ECFA at least. I, I don't think we'll ever fire someone for lack of success because it is it's a training ground for everyone. Um, if there was an EFL GM who was, you know, struggling for four, five, six, seven seasons, yeah, that's something we might look at, but it would it would be a pretty drastic step. Yeah. Um, like I'm talking, you know, like five yeah. two win seasons or something in a row kind of thing. Yeah. Why are you talking about Nyko? Like, that. <laughs> but you gotta throw shade at Nike. Pretty sure Nike won the won the championship not that long ago. He did. Man. Yeah. 
Must have been a while ago. Probably before my time. I'm trying to remember. Uh, so I'm already on the like league history page. I'll just go ahead and check EFL now. I don't even know when Nico was named GM. It's been a while. He was only an AD for one season. It just lined up very nicely. Yeah. Well, maybe it was longer ago than I thought. Damn. Time flies. <laughs> um, check. It's a good thing Nico probably doesn't watch this. <laughs> season 18. Season 18. So, okay, it has been a while. Fair enough. It was like the year after I joined. All right, fair enough. It's been a little while, but still, he wanted he won a championship, and they and they've been a good team for quite a few seasons. I think during that stretch. Uh, and then we have stacks questions. Chance of Death Valley being upset in the playoffs. I mean, it's it, one of the easy one of the ways I love to illustrate that. Even if you're a favorite, you're never a favorite. Let's say, um. And I don't think this is necessarily true, but let's say Death Valley has a 75% chance to win each of our three games. That still means that I believe there's a – oh, what's the math here? It's a 75% chance Nine three times. 15 times three uh, – 27 out of 64. Yeah, so that's almost a half – like even if – and I'm not saying we are, but even if we were a 75% favorite in each game, we're st- that still makes us like less than 50-50 to win the championship. So in terms of the odds of us being upset, I think it's more than 50%. I, I think just be based on the numbers, um, unpredictable things happen. Uh, you look at, you know, Biscayne, Lincoln, uh, and Anchorage will be the three other we, playoff we teams. We don't, uh, we don't talk about those unpredictable things, especially from season <laughs> 23. Um, fair enough. But like, yeah, the, all three teams, they're all, you know, nine and five, eight and six, like they're all competent, competitive teams. Um, we've had some success against them in the regular season, but I don't think that necessarily means anything in the playoffs. So I'm, I'm definitely not taking anything for granted. Tack about to reuse the playoff strats from season 23. <laughs> I will not comment on my strats. Um, and then most underrated quarterback this season in the ECFA. Yeah, that's. Uh, I was. I was just. Op- I just opened up the, the passing stats page to take a look. It's a tough one. Has underrated as always such an arbitrary, uh, arbitrary yeah. criteria. There's. I would say there's one, two, three, four, five, six quarterbacks that are having kind of what you call good seasons um, in terms of significantly more touchdowns than inter- than interceptions as just sort of a basic metric. Um, I. All, I like Algren's season, but he just doesn't have the touchdowns. Cole and Khan, I think everyone's paying attention to, so I don't think you can call them underrated. I'm going to say Dane. is actually doing really well. He is. I'm going to say either yeah. him or Dane Raynell in uh, Manchester. I think he's yeah, having he's a, got an a under the slightly R-R-I better um, touchdown interception rate, but Raynell has a better rating. Yeah, uh, and much better more completion yards. Percentage. He's leading the league in completion percentage. Raynell is. Yeah. Also, we so just. I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna say Dane Ray, Dane Raynell. I think is the rated quarterback this season. Or, also, T. Yeah. Cookie is a goat. Oh yeah, he's a great I guy. Love his, his, stuck uh, with me when I failed. I kind of failed <laughs> Manchester, but 
Uh, his and his his cornerback is killing it for us this season. I think he's a defensive player of the year candidate. So I'm I'm loving his uh, his guys both right now. Yeah, no, he has he's at eight interceptions. Yeah, no, he's having a great season. Yeah, and a fumble. So that's like nine. That's nine turnover causing. I remember when I didn't make the All American team despite blocking a punt, and also having more interceptions than the guy who made it above me. But we. Uh, hashtag still salty. I was gonna say I think we've litigated that a few times. <laughs> I, I might have mentioned it a couple times. Uh, then we have cheese's questions and the serious stuff that Tack mm-hmm. should probably be answering. Who do you think is underperforming the season, EFL and ECFA? And I will start by saying Jackie yeah, Band, go ahead, please. <laughs> I will start by saying Jackie Bands, who has been a complete disappointment. I mean, it's defensive backs have it so tough, right? Because it's you know if they're if they don't aren't getting any, getting any stats, it's just because they're playing really well. Is it because they're playing badly? It's it's so hard to tell. Um, underperforming. Honestly, yeah. on the reverse side of it, I would say Riley Carswell is kind of just popped up out of out of being trashed the last couple seasons. <laughs> Same thing with Mr. Roswell Filler with four interceptions. Um, oh, I think I'm I will at say my player has been choice. somewhat of a disappointment just to me, but because he hasn't gotten the pancakes I would have liked him to get. Um, I mean, I think in the ECFA, sadly, I think there's really only one choice. Um. The player that's leading, no, the player that's leading the ACFA and TPE, which is Sharkstrons Recreate, Sphirna Lewin, vertical threat tight end, 379 TPE, and he has 17 catches in 14 games and no touchdowns. That's tough. Uh, And I feel, I feel for Shark. That's, you know, Hades Creek is struggling a little bit with the passing game this season. Um, trying to break in some new some new passers, but that's a tough situation to be in with your with your uncap, uncapping recreate. Yeah, yeah, and the Hades Creek quarterbacks transferring too, so it's yeah that I don't give I, I don't blame not so good for that too much. It's, you know, guys freshman quarterback. I don't know how high his expectation should be. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, yeah no, I'm I think... just my player has been disappointing considering that he's built to be the best blocker in the EFL, and he. Is only better than like one or two tight ends. There's not very many tight ends who are worse than him at pancakes this season. Yeah, he's still young though, right? He's got to, you know, you got to get those those attributes up there with the yeah. elite guys, and that takes a couple seasons. Yeah, but here's the thing: he's he leads the EFL in strength by a decent margin. I probably have to put more points in run. Well, because he's a blocking tight end and there's zero other blocking tight ends. And so he has 94 strength. So I just probably have there's, to... He has the... One, two, three, he has the eighth highest strength in the league. Yeah, but that's not... That's... Not counting tight it. That's counting everyone. That's true. There is a you know there is right. one wide receiver who has more strength than him still. Oh, my, I my see. guy. 
<laughs> yeah, I wanted I I put him down as wide receiver of the year, but he's just kind of been disappointing. He's yeah, honestly, no, I like, think he missed his chance. All his best seasons are in Patrick Kelly's shadow, and and since then he's kind of been past his prime. And he's still a very good receiver, but I don't think he's going to win the award. Sadly, yeah, um, no, the the yeah. closest tight end has eighty five strength. Yeah, it's really, TPG. that actually surprises me that there are no stronger. Where's Griffin Town? Only eighty. Wow. I, I I do need to improve his run blocking though, because he. Uh, yeah, that's. I don't know what the interaction is there with the run blocking and strength, like what's more important and what helps. He's at 63 run blocking, so I'm planning on getting him up to 70 in the offseason, 70, 80, okay. somewhere around there. I am going to be the weirdest tight end in the league, and everyone's <laughs> going to have to deal with it. Ah, I love the build. Um, but yeah, no, to go back yeah. to the, the underperforming for me, at least in the ECFA, and, and I say this all the love, and I, I really feel for him because it's such a bummer of a situation for everyone involved, but it – the fact that the leading TP player is averaging just over one catch a game is it's tough to find more underperforming than that. Yeah. I, I would yeah. also put Ajax Cole there. He was like one of the Heisman favorites. And he's he's been okay. He's, he's just been not a good been season. Great, especially considering the team he's the way the team he's on is built and how much TPE he has. I mean he's second in touchdowns. He's Second in yards, he's having a pretty good season. Yeah, but he's just been disappointing. If I'm being honest, I thought he was going <laughs> to just going after Sid. It's fair. I, I Alex get it. on fire's <laughs> final season. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, yeah, for EFL underperforming. He, uh, I liked your man's pick. <laughs> yeah, God, I just, I just, I haven't looked in a while. the The season that y'all. Long arm is having is just stupid. The dude has a quarterback rating of 141. The all-time NFL rec NFL record is like 110. That's stupid. <laughs> I hate it. No, I don't. I don't. I don't actually Imagine if he was on San Francisco. <laughs> I mean, I think the it'd be like one of those things where the efficiency or the volume would hurt his efficiency, but fair. Um. Gee, I didn't even look, but I'm like, my God. Yeah, no, I know, right? It's stupid. I, I said it's oh. a compliment. It's so stupid. <laughs> Teach me your ways. I'm actually going to say... Going, going for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no kidding, eh? I don't know who's underperforming in the EFL this season, to be honest. I'm, I'm looking kind of through the different stats here, and there's nothing leaping out at me. Um, uh, Starbuck a little bit, but not really. Yeah. I think you'd like, there's a couple running backs you'd like to see a little bit better yards per carry from, but that's always so, that always fluctuates so much. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd argue, um, McDolan has been a bit of a disappointment i thought he would be like leading the league in yards by a huge margin in that offense well someone told zeke he could only lead the league in yards or bragging and he chose bragging so to be fair he is leading the league in touchdowns though i mean he's only three yards behind uh reno's player as well so it's not like he's having it's not like he's doing bad yeah to be honest um although i think i think jacob markstrom or markstrom yeah markstrom has a uh, underrated shot there as well, to be honest. 
Um, that yards per catch is really impressive. Um, anyway, uh, we should probably get on to the next one here. Yeah. Uh, who do you think will be the most improved by week one, season 27? Which is also very hard to tell. It, yeah, I assume we talk about of, teams in this case. Mm, I, I think I'm saying LA. Yeah. Just because they have the most, they have a ton of cap space. They have probably the top two picks in the draft. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I think I'd agree with they've LA. Not, they've given, got a lot of picks. ammunition. Is the point there? Yeah, and Spartan's and I, and I a great a lot of, GM. As I was gonna say, I have a lot of faith in Spartan as well, and I, I think LA is. I like LA as a pick there as well. Um, I mean, it's kind of an easy pick, you know, pick one of the worst teams in the league, and the odds are they're going to get better, but. I, I do think that they've got a good uh, a good shot. Um, in terms of ECFA, what my usual rule of thumb for this is looking at how many players are at 199 and what teams they're on. Uh, and looking at that, I see a lot of Lincoln. I see a lot of Biscayne Bay. I see a lot of Death, Va- Death Valley, actually. Um, so I think we'll be good again next year. I'm going to say, oh, but Lincoln and Biscayne are already good this season. Of teams that weren't great this year i actually th- i think hades creek is going to bounce back yeah um, but they're also losing their quarterback after only one season so yeah we'll i'm gonna see. say sacramento actually i think sacramento's gonna be better next season they are Ooh, losing like, their oh. athletic director though you have to remember that uh he let him i believe he malik confirmed he's actually going to stick around for at least oh really yeah, that's what oh, he, okay. he mentioned. Because well, uh, I thought he was going to have a bunch of transfers out of there then. Yeah. But no, they've got uh, – I'm looking at what they got here, and they got a quarterback who's developing. They got a running back. They got Hedgehog, who will be uncapping, I think, with both his uh, corner and his receiver. So I think if they can have a decent recruitment season, um, I think they've got some tools. So – and, I mean, they're, what, 1-13, I think? So it's not like I'm predicting, you know, something incredible by saying they'll be much improved. but. But they'll yeah. be like eight and eight, probably. Uh, would be my guess. Go that far. Maybe a little. But I think the, I think they'll win these four or five better. Um, yeah, and then I think Athens as well has a chance to improve. Um, yeah, depending on how how well Hank does in recruiting. Well, and they've got one of Flex's players. They've got lefties. Is that lefties recreators filler? I'm not sure. Um, they got some tools so as well, weird. so. How many players do they have? Here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, They oh, he had red shirts. Okay, I was gonna say Hank signed too many players with red shirts. I think he's okay. Yeah, I'm. Um, yeah, I won't get you in trouble this time, Hank. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Sacramento and Athens are my picks to be most improved. Yeah. Uh, you um, cut out a bit. I think Sacramento and Athens are likely to be most improved. Yeah. Um, um, I didn't expect. I didn't. I'm betting on my own team. <laughs> no, fair. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the only reason I'm not picking anchors is because they're all. What? What do I'm you plan- say? I am planning on uncapping at, at whatever position uh, Turtz wants me at next season. I'm I happy. Are you retiring one of your players? My my filler. Oh, so you know fillers can't uncap, right? Well, uncap yeah. to two fifty is what I. Yeah, mean. but you don't get to apply that TP until after the season. 
Wait, really? Until after the season. Yeah, no, fillers oh. don't get to play in the ECFA at 250. I That's thought they could. interesting. I know they play their a... they play their careers at 100. Wait, what? And the the reason for that is we did, we used to have a situation back when fillers could be where we'd have new people joining the league and ADs weren't recruiting them because they didn't want to give up their high-end fillers. Um, if they had a filler at 150 or 199 TPE, they were choosing to keep that filler rather than recruit a new user. Um, so we wanted to make sure that new new users and new players were always more desirable. Okay. I so, will say uh, we are we are looking at adjusting those rules potentially. Yeah. Um, not going to promise anything, but yeah, no. As of now, fillers play their college careers at 100. Oh, I thought in their uncapped season they could apply up to 250. No, because yeah. again, it creates a situation where. You know, you might prioritize keeping your filler, who's about to uncap, and and then a new user doesn't get any recruiting interest. Yeah, but I thought that was the main reason why they could only apply up to two fifty. Um, the, the two fifty is is so they can be useful in the. Um, but again, it is it is something we're looking into, and given that recruiting, I, and I was panicking for a second because I thought I had applied above one hundred already. I'm good. You haven't though, right? You're good. Okay. I'm good. Um, I have 169 TPE, and I've got 69 banked. Perfect. Nice. Which is pretty um, nice. <laughs> I, I will say that the, this rule was brought in during a stretch where we were doing very well with recruitment. Um, unfortunately, with the, with the new rules and Reddit clamping down and some other um, initiatives we've been looking at that have unfortunately fallen through, um, and the recruiting having definitely dried up a bit, it's something we're looking into. Uh, Recruiting is definitely our number one priority, but also one of the ways we could mitigate that is perhaps relaxing some of the filler rules. Um, I think to be to be transparent, one of the discussions on the table right now is to have fillers be able to apply 100 TP in their first two seasons and then up to 150 in their junior and senior years to make them a little bit more useful. Um, but that's uh, that's not a guarantee. That is not a promise. That's just something that we're uh, discussing right now. Okay, makes that sense. Uh, so we do have a couple other ones that we can do with tax since we have like five minutes left. Yeah, I, I can screw up another five or ten minutes. Uh, which third-year player has been most impress impressive this season? Uh, in which? Oh, that's that's. Oh my! Oh, geez, this bleak question. Uh, let's see. Is his? I think the third year is probably when players start like getting good, really good. Yeah, well, I'm just wondering if, he, if he's talking about ECFA or EFL. I assume probably he's talking EFL. about EFL. So I'm just gonna look at EFL players and sort by experience. That's what I'm doing. Third get year. Get out of my head. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's. Oh my god! I there's so many. Forgot you um, could do that. And so I was just. So, uh, okay. I forgot you could do that. Scrolling through the free agents. Oh, there's there's a ton, but most of them are just bots. Uh, like for the offensive line. Of a lot of them are free agents. Yeah. Um. Uh. Alex Sunfire is a tempting choice. Um, uh. Honestly, he's from what I've seen has been a little bit of a disappointment. Well, you find someone like better than better I'm this list. Year. I'm looking at this list, and there ain't a lot of compelling options. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the no, Joseph, both, uh, both Robert and William Joseph have been. Um, yeah, no, the draft a couple oh. years ago wasn't too great. Church's player is actually in that list. Um, 
and he's been solid. I think I'm going to still go with the, the Josephs are good. Turt's uh, player, there is no name, is good. I think I'm still going to go with Alex. You As cut my, out a bit, uh, but I we, we got we got we got the start of it, and I think people will understand that. <laughs> Alex Alex Sunfire is my pick for that. Yeah, I I heard Al, and then okay. you cut out. That is so weird. I'm so um, sorry about that. I don't know what's wrong with my mic. Yeah, no, it it just sometimes headset. happens from what I've seen at Discord. Yeah, it's not a, it's fine. Um, uh, we also have are the Steam legit contenders or just beneficiaries of a weekend conference? Ooh, that's a I would argue one. both. I would argue Steam. both as true. I yeah. I don't think the conference is that weak. Like I don't think Seattle and well, San Francisco I mean, were weak. New Orleans teams. blew up. Yeah, the bottom two. That's fair. And there, I mean, I mean, LA there's five hasn't figured out their quarterback situation yet. Yeah, I mean, the but, thing is, I there's mean, five competitive fair, teams in the East and four in the West, so I don't think that's that imbalanced. So no, I think this is slightly are weekend conference. Yeah. I would argue. I'd argue that Seattle got a little worse this offseason as well. Yeah. Well, and, and one of the ways to look at if a team has gotten lucky is to look at their uh, point differential. Because um, sometimes if a team gets really lucky in close games, they might win a lot of games and have a bad point. Uh, Denver, but I mean, Denver's... like, three seasons ago. Yeah. Um, but Denver's they like, ended up, like, 7-9 and despite being terrible. They're plus 102, which is very respectable. Um, you compare that to, like, Memphis – who they're eight and five and they're plus 41. Um, so no, I, I think, I think Denver's for real. You're, you heard it here first. I, I gotta, I gotta look at my rankings article from a couple years ago, from a couple seasons ago where I did, where I had a Pythagorean uh, win expectations. Yeah, actually that'd be super interesting to look at, uh, especially this season. Yeah. Um, and then we have which team in the East misses the playoffs. So Ooh. as it is right now, yeah. I think Miami and Toronto are the two like most in danger. My guess is I, New York will get a little bit better down the stretch because I think they've underperformed this season. Yeah, yeah, I'm seeing who still has to play who yet. So tr- New York yeah. still has to play Toronto. So Toronto could leapfrog them potentially. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Miami also still has to play Toronto. So I think Toronto's the team, honestly, there that controls their own fate. If they beat both New York and – or wait a minute. We played Week 14, didn't we? Maybe the index hasn't been updated yet. Because I think we played Week 14. Yeah, we did. Um, so let me check the results of Week 14. That'll change the uh, scores here. So, so the herd beat the okay. So the herd beat Toronto. So that's going to be Toronto's going to be in tough. Um, and Neptune beat the Mambas. So I think of those teams at this point, you got to think it's Toronto. Because um, now you have Memphis and the herd are both eight and six. The Neptune are seven and seven, and the Skyhawks are six and eight. And they lost, just lost to New York. So. Looking at their last two games, yeah. they play they play Memphis and Miami. If they win both, they have a chance, but they have to. I think win. if they, they win lose both, one more, they're done. if they win both and Miami 
wins their other game, then it's a tie, and then it goes to whatever it is. But... Yeah, and all the tiebreakers. But I think Toronto's yeah. margin for error is done. They have to win uh, both remaining. Games I think if they sure. lose one more game, then they they're out a hundred percent. Then I think so. so yeah. Probably Toronto, especially yeah. considering how much of a disappointment Jackie Bantz has been. Uh, <laughs> Dan, yeah, no, I think that's the, my choice. Yeah, and then we've got Dan's questions. Uh, who will the herd sign in free agency? So I know I know my players do for free agency. Uh, yeah, I so I guess that's re-signing. I, I haven't signed an extension yet. I'm probably going to test the market. Pending free... Oh, but I'm almost pending almost certainly re-sign. I'm looking at some of the top-tier free agents available. You got my player, You got OMG's player, Vivian Allison. Um, you got Leo's safety, Leo Baker. There's a few. There's a lot of talent right now uh, pending. I mean, obviously, a lot of it's going to resign, but there are some talented players entering free agency this year. I predict the herd are going to sign. I think they're going to sign DeAndre Colt. I think Snap Tackle Drop is going to leave Miami and sign with New York. That's my prediction. Yeah, because they do need more linebacker help. Yeah. Don't know why. Could be totally wrong. Likely will be, but that's my prediction right now. You heard it here for signs with New York and free agency to a two-year deal. You're cutting out just a bit every once in a while. Sorry, I'll but try leaning closer. I, I see think if that we helps. got it. I think we got the gist of it. I think if DeAndre they do Colt bring in New York, Colt, that will mean Turt's player is probably gone. Maybe he gets traded. Free agent, or or they're just going to run a three-four the entire season. Which isn't agent? a bad idea. No, I don't think you're a free agent this season, Turks. Uh, okay. Let me see. You are. Yeah, because you uh, signed that kicker extension, is. right? Your kicker's a free yeah. agent, unless you've signed an extension already. No, I'm not. I'm retiring. You're retiring a kicker? Yeah. I'm I mean, oh, when, yeah, fair enough. Wouldn't you keep your kicker, though, for a couple more seasons if you are have McNamerson? As just a year one player, unless you're planning to uncap year two. Um, I mean, I want. So, I don't want to. So as soon as for four yeah, years. Yeah, as soon as he applies more than a hundred TPE, players filler and a ah, player. okay. Because you can't have you can't have three active players. So fair enough then. But yeah, no. Here's my my prediction: DeAndre Colt going to New York, two year deal. Yeah. All right, guys. It is a little after midnight here, so I th- okay. Uh, thanks thank so much you for, for coming me. on. And uh, look look forward to uh, to to listening and uh, enjoy the rest of tonight. Have a good evening, all. Yeah. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. See ya. It all is right. a little disappointing how his mic was cutting in and out. Yeah. I mean- but. That was nice. Uh, we still got a couple more questions to go over, too. Yeah. Also, I have a question for you now that I've seen, now that I got, uh, now I'm looking into what was happening in the EFL Discord. <sighs> Rate your new graphic for your coach on a 1 to 10. Um, the... 
in like the crazy version or the normal version? Um, the non, no, the non crazy, normal. Okay. Um, I'd give it like a eight and a half, eight point seven five. Yeah, pretty good. It's pretty good. I am not a graphics person, so I am not one to judge anyone's graphics. Because if you go and look at mine, mine are probably a zero and a half. And I also so, do hate Sean McVay, so there's that. I forgot to say a render. I forgot about that, so. Yeah. When I when I made my own athletic director uh, graphic, I was just thinking Vikings head coaches, um, and I didn't want Mike Zimmer, and then I remembered Leslie Frazier existed, so I chose him. Huh. You just got pinged. Yeah, I just got pinged. Uh, you can continue on with uh, Dan's other two questions. Okay. Uh, how will Xander Farmer's name change affect their play? Um, I think I'm, I'm on his team, and it's just like. What the? Sorry, I don't I'm... think. I don't think it should have happened. Uh, I'm so disappointed. It's because of his... It's because it's weird. Yeah, but it's just like... I had fun saying Bootsy here. Now Boots. I can't. Bootsy. That's how Google told me to pronounce it, so I'm going to pronounce it like that. I have no... I have no reason to say Bootsy anymore. So... You have no butts? No, I have no butt C. This next question. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, you read him upside down. Okay. Who's yeah. the best looking quarterback in the EFL? Um,. Zeke, I'm not happy with you. Not happy. Did he steal your presentation? No. He, yeah, he put the presentation in right before mine. Dang. Rude. This is literally the one week I can do weekday games. Who's doing? Seven to eight, Tuesday, 11. Um, but back to the questions. Uh, who's the best-looking quarterback in the NFL? I don't know if this is best-looking stats-wise or best-looking looks-wise. Um, I'm going to go stats-wise. If it was looks-wise, it is without a doubt. Um... Handsome Jack, because he is handsome. But yes, yeah, sorry, my mom came in. Oh, okay. Uh, handsome Jack is uh, the best looking quarterback because he is handsome, and he is the best play stats. Look at him. 
it's good looking. He's handsome. And then his stats are even better. Just like one way or the other, whichever way you look at it, it's handsome, Jack. Oh, then pigs not. So I switched to Thursday. A second later, I see pigs not replied. Thursday, UFL. <laughs> I can't win with these people. I'm just going to do the weekend. <laughs> not hot. Literally the one week I can do weekdays, and I get stuck with the weekend game. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, most handsome quarterback. It's obviously Zamir Kella. Zamir Zilla. What about handsome Jack? Nah. He's not handsome enough. It's in his name. But he's not. He's got that San Francisco lifestyle, not the L.A. lifestyle, you know? I was just in L.A. And, you know, if Handsome Jack was a person, I think I would have seen him walking down the streets. Same with Zamir. Like, I could not see him walking in L.A. No. And some Jack San Francisco, I could see that. You should do the, uh, you should do the, uh, four seed and one seed and playoffs, CCFA. Bro, so then you can. You're reading present. my mind. I literally applied for that. What? <laughs> okay. Um, I think we only have a couple more. Yeah. Um, uh, I think Cheese had one up there. Cheese had a couple from back last week. Do you like off-brand soda? Uh, yes, but yes. only one specific kind. Cream soda. Oh, yeah. Cream soda root beer. Those are the oh, two yeah. of the good ones. Red cream soda? Have you had that, like, off-brand red cream soda? That stuff is oh, so man, good. Oh, man, that's so good. We, we get it every... So I'm in Scouts. Every year, we get a bunch of off-brand sodas uh, for our summer camp. And it's just the best. You know. Now, if you excuse me, I'm gonna go soak my pain in chocolate. Okay. Um. So, the best off-brand soda is Dr. Thunder, followed closely by Mountain Lightning. I don't know if these are just exclusively, uh, like knockoff things from like Dollar General, or Aldi's, or whatever they're from. I don't know, but they're good. Every one of them is good. Mountain Lightning. If you've never had Mountain Lightning, you have not lived. But Dr. Thunder, same thing. Like, do you think Mr. Pibb is better than Dr. Pepper? Try Dr. Thunder. That is the best soda I've ever had in my life. 
Um, okay, so how has your day been also? Uh, I'm sorry, Kyle. My day it's also great. from cheese. Oh. Did hey. you think I was just asking? No, I, I saw the question. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm having a great day. Very, very good day. Yeah. No, I'm having a solid day. It's Easter. It's fun. Yeah. Did you do an Easter egg hunt? Nope. Dang. I didn't either. Um... I have. Ooh, I also um, like two days ago, I found the spikes that I used for track that I left behind. So that was nice. Yeah, good job. You use spikes in track. What? There were spikes in track. What? But you just wore normal shoes. No, you wear spikes because they give you better traction. Oh. I remember when I was the manager of the football team, the coach would always be like, don't step on the track with your Yeah, cleats, cleats are different. Yeah. And also, or you're spikes. only supposed to wear spikes during like sprints for official events. Oh. So it doesn't damage it as much? Yeah, it doesn't damage it that bad. We have more questions, or is that a... No, that is it. Alright. But, well, I mean, I think Cheese had another question, but, like... It's on a game from like two weeks ago, so. Oh. Not really relevant anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Ooh, also, a couple days ago, I got registration for classes next year. Taking AP World History. I'm literally taking all of the honors classes I can. Honors Chemistry. Accelerated M3. Uh, if you take anything honors, it's going to be history. Yeah. I don't even know if my school has honors. They didn't talk about it. Ever. Probably. You would think. No, they have they have like dual credit classes, but they don't think they have. Okay. Let's see if we can get Craig to leave this time instead of joining late. Okay. So that's it for today. Thank you for coming on to the podcast.